It is a absolute joy and honor. Uh, yeah, I wish Stephen was here as well. I, I'll miss him deeply, but since he ain't, <clears throat> we're gonna have a good time. And we're gonna get out early. Everybody's gonna be at the Mexican restaurant for anybody else today. We're gonna beat them all. But um, it's, it's, it truly is an honor anytime you get to speak to your family. And y'all are my family. We got up at five o'clock this morning and left uh, Petty Jean Mountain, headed back. Uh, just excited to be here. Because like I said, this is the easiest thing I'll ever do is speak in front of y'all. How many times have I spoke in front of y'all? How many times have I said something stupid? <laughs> Shut up, Tyler. I know he's going to say something. But um, it's just an honor and a blessing to be here. But um, we definitely, definitely want to have a good time in the Lord today, no matter who's speaking. But um, when Stephen asked me to, to speak, you know, my first thought is, he must have run out of people. I mean, is any, and I was going through my list in my mind, has he done asked everybody? And everybody must have turned him down. But I got to thinking about his sanity a little bit, you know, just that's my second question is, he done popped a fuse, man, what's going on? So the reason why I told y'all this, since he's not here, I love him to death. He's my brother in Christ. He's my pastor and my best friend. And I promise you, he wouldn't mind me sharing this, but the day Heather and Andrew asked me to speak on Pastor Appreciation Day, the Lord was dealing with me something in my own personal life. I don't even know why I asked Matthew to pray before we ever got into church, but I needed him at the end because I was just a blubbering mess. So I said, I had so many cool stories to tell, but I'm gonna tell this one since he's not here. Can everybody see me? So y'all know we all golf, right? Shake your head, yes, okay. I can't really see you, I don't know why he's talking about these lights. So every golfer in, in history has always had some kind of waggle gimmick or something they've done, but I've got two witnesses, Tyler and Tim, they can witness for me, your pastor. A brilliant man, a good man, good father. This is what he does. Okay, little buddy, I'm gonna hit you again, and you're gonna go that way. Not as far this time. And this whole time I'm sitting there going, who's he talking to? And Tyler said, I think he's talking to the ball. I said, do you think the ball's talking back? He said, I don't know. <laughs> I have to tell that story every time because it's, it just amazed me, you know, how, how, um, how uh, just with words, Stephen is just poetic with his words and stuff. How can you get up there and talk to a golf ball? So <laughs> just never let that go undone. But uh, no, like I said, it's, it's a joy to be here today. And that's what we want to get started in is, like I said, everything through my life, I put it to the test. Even the Word of God in my own heart, in my own life, I put it to the test. If it works, it says it has to work, it's got to work, right? So this is one thing here lately I've been walking through myself, and that's the word joy. It's simply the word joy. In the Hebrew, it's shamach, shamach. In the Greek, I'm not going to pronounce it because it has to go, and Amber's the only one I can know that can like that. I can't do it. But, um, but the point of this, this, this today, this encouragement, that's all it is. I want to encourage you because I put it to the test. It's a shotgun. Where Stephen, where we've been walking through Acts, you know, really pinpointing churches, times, specific people, uh, representations and how the church was formed and started, you know, he's trying to pinpoint stuff to bring out the essence of how we got here today. And that's what we enjoy, true? But today, I want to leave it open. 
There's 190 scriptures that deal just with the word joy. No joyful, no gladness, just joy. I want the Lord to be in your heart to pronounce a scripture to you, something you can take with you. And believe it or not, through all this time, and I've heard so many good people speak, Tyler and Tim, Matthew, when he brought the, uh, the uh, treasures in heaven, it was so simple and basic that a child can understand it. But I'm sitting right over here in my mind and I'm making an inventory list. You know, where do I need to put my life in perspective? Just because we think we say something, and when I say this, she's really gonna be amazed. About four years ago, Sister Marty preached a sermon up here, right over here, with the potter's clay. And that was the sermon to be pliable to what God has in your heart. Don't, don't let your clay sit out and be hard. I pray she bring it again. I'm not going to give it all away. But she showed from each step how the clay was formed into something beautiful. How many times I've used that to youth groups in the jail, out in public. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, and um, even, even Sister Kelly, when she brought Ruth out here well, a few weeks back, wasn't it? First thing I'm thinking is, I don't read Ruth. I've never read Ruth. Is Ruth even in the Bible? And when she started talking, I even told Stephen at the end of the day, I said, I've got to go study this. This is good stuff. I knew my wife read Ruth, so anyway, I knew it was in there somewhere. But there was so much joy in hearing these words from other people. Last week at the end of at the sermon, Stephen said, don't forget to share. Don't be embarrassed to share what God has done for you. Well, I'm going to say this. Don't be afraid to share God's word. No matter how it comes out of your mouth, he'll make it right with other people. Some people are going to sit there and think of different verses while I'm talking. And that's what it's meant to do. I'm going to try to make it a simple, basic shotgun, leave a big umbrella so we can all fall up under his word, right? I got the camel syndrome. Y'all hang on. <laughs> I'm going to drink a lot of water. So anyway, just in hearing this, and I, and I want to ask everybody to please come Wednesday nights. It's the best. I would, <clears throat> I'd rather come Wednesday than Sunday because I get to wear my shorts and we can sit and drink stuff, you know. But it's to hear other people, how they think, how, what they've been taught, what they've heard, what they know, what the Lord's done in their life. And it's a blessing. I never liked Wednesdays until we started this. Does that sound bad? It's so good. I love it. I encourage each and every one to come. But as I was preparing this message today, and you can ask my wife, I run everybody out of the room and anytime I study, because I got to have total silence. But this time, I started hearing something else. I went out and took a shower, and I'm hearing this, this, this word that's come on me, this gyra. This gyra, this gyra, this gyra. So I went and sat back down and I felt such the urge to listen to that song, Jire by Maverick City. And man, it just, I knew that's what I needed for this and what we need for our own lives. Because I wanna just promote four things today. Big shot, big pictures. We're gonna, you're gonna have to make up your own determination on a lot of it. But joy in him, joy in his word, joy in the house. And the last one is joy of the journey. Once we hit the last one, you'll know we're through and nobody has to say nothing else, right? But this, this song, I know we've heard it, but it just impacted me so hard because it says uh, in one line, it says, Jireh, you are enough. And he keeps repeating himself. In the next line it says, I will be content in every circumstance 
Jireh, you are enough. And then another line that says, that, that is enough because you are enough. And then the very last one is the one we want to start here today is I never want to forget how I feel right now. Jireh, you are enough. And believe it or not, I started pronouncing that song over things in my life, aggravation, just singing it. And I'm not going to sing. I'll take away Andrew's glory. <clears throat> but simply just repeating that, Jireh, you are enough. And, and knowing that he's enough through whatever he says and does in his word is enough for us to hold on to for eternity. It's simple. It's so simple. And uh, me and Stephen, like I said, you know, we do the, the Sunday 930 deal. And I pray people come. It's just conversation a lot of times. It's about what things are going through. We had a good talk this morning. But it's just about he's enough. He, he's enough. And I've been through so much, and I know we have too. But you, if you repeat that, even in the future as we go, he's enough. No matter what, he is enough. And I said, I never want to never forget how I feel right now. And as I was listening to this song, we're, if, you, if you've got your Bibles, your apps, or anything else, turn to Habakkuk chapter 3, and we're going to read 17 through 19. Because I want you to see something at the very bottom. I don't want to give it away yet, but I want you to see something at the very bottom. So I'm listening to this song. I've never studied in Habakkuk. It's too poetic for me. It's really, woo -hoo -hoo. And uh, I, I, I can't grab it like some people can. I have to get my wife to explain it to me sometimes. Chapter 3, 17 through 19, and it reads this. And if y'all don't mind, I'm going to do this out of the Amplified today uh, with this uh, right here. So 17 says this, Though the fig tree does not blossom, and there is no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive fails, and the fields produce no food, though the flock is cut off from the field, fold, and there is no cattle in the stalls. 18 says this, yet I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. I will choose to shout exaltations in the victorious God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He has made my feet steady and sure like hinds of feet that makes me walk forward in spiritual confidence on high, in high places and the challenges of responsibilities. Jireh, you are enough. It's the same thing the song said to us today. Jireh, you're enough. No matter what, no matter what we're finna walk through, no matter how much you do or don't have, he's enough. And that is sometimes the, the, the most difficult thing to put our eyes on until you step back and look where you come from to where you are now and you go, Lord, you were enough. I, I didn't believe you were enough. I couldn't see that you were enough. I couldn't see that Jireh had me, uh, Jehovah guide me, Elohim had me, El Shaddai had me. I couldn't see them things. My God had me. And sometimes that is the toughest thing in our life, but it's so simple. It's so simple, even a child could understand, trust in your mom and dad, trust in your mom and dad. But it's tough to see sometimes. It's rough. And I seen that, and I mean, I just got filled with joy. I listened to that th song like 22 times that night. 
over and over and over because no matter what, I will rejoice. No matter what, he says, I'm going to rejoice whether we got anything in the house or not. We're going to rejoice. But man, it's tough. And it's hard to hold on to sometimes until you've had to hold on to it. Amen. And then I come down and, and the next verse that hit me was Psalms 100. Everybody ought to remember, they ought to have a shirt that says this on it. You have to wear it at church or something. But if you'll turn with me to Psalms 100, we're going to read one through five because it says what the Lord says to us today, that he is enough and in him complete joy is found. Psalms 100. If you get there, say amen. It says this, shout joyfully to the Lord, all of the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness and delight. Come before his presence with joyful singing. Verse 3, know and fully recognize with gratitude that the Lord himself is God. That he is, he is who made us, um, not we ourselves. Uh, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And this is my favorite one. Everybody knows this one. Verse 4 is enter his gates with, with a song of thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless and praise his name for he is the Lord. The Lord is good. His mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. His faithfulness endures to all generations. Jira, you are enough. But it's hard to hold on to sometimes, ain't it? It's tough. And I'm telling you, if you sit down and really ponder on it, you go, man, he is enough. Once, once you've cleared your mind and got peace in this. But this is one thing even me and Stephen had talked. If you find it, please let me know. Put it on our page wherever. Show me one place in scripture. God says, I'm going to give you joy. You've got to get it. It says it right here. You, you made it, Lord. You've done it. And it, that's why um, even in all this, I found one scripture that's close, and that's what I want to bless us with at the end. We have to receive that joy. Joy is all around us today, even in this place. Where somebody dies, somebody's born. Where a bad day happened to you, somebody else has got a good day right there at hand. No matter what, it's always a good day. Uh, I remember Stephen, when he tells a story about, I think it's his dad, uh, Thanksgiving. He says his dad would go down to the store. And he said, but dad, it's Thanksgiving. He said, but not to everybody. So it kind of makes you think, no matter what you're going through, somebody's having a good day on the other side of the world or on the side of the bridge or whatever. They're still having a good day. And sometimes if you'll grab onto that little bit of encouragement, you'll see that in him it's enough and you can find your joy. And that to me is one of the biggest blessings I think I've ever come across personally is just putting that into my heart. That no matter what my day is looking like, no matter who's coming against me, my God is enough. Um, The reason why I said that is, as I was reading and kind of going over a few things in my own life, and I said, what would be a good example to show that if you follow in Him, in Him there's joy, everlasting joy, but it's tough, but then there's worldly joy. So I got to thinking about it, I said, I've got it. Because I've done it myself, and I know the fellas, I'm going to try to give the ladies and fellas, if I get wrong on either side, don't kill me. I'm not. 
I'm just human, a lot of grace to where it's needed. But the ladies, this is joy sometimes, and I've even seen my wife do it. Oh man, they get all gussied up, new dress, new shoes, looking new purse, nails done, everything. I mean, just looking fly. Heading out with their man, brand new car, everything's going good till you get to the restaurant. Some little brat kid says, man, that lady looks old. <laughs> all your joy, all your preparedness just said, Phew. and now you're like, I'm going to slap that kid. I am, I'm ready. I'm ready to go home. I'm done. My joy, your joy was exhausted in one word. That lady looked old. I remember my grandson, he's sitting on my lap. I love this child. And he passed my bed. He said, Peppo, you're fat. <laughs> I said, well, thank God his eyes are working, you know. I said, well, thanks for telling me that. Okay. Goes back to watching TV. So you never know what's going to come out of somebody's mouth. But, if, but here again, my hope and joy was in the fact that he's my lineage, that he's, he's from my father, that he is a gift from above through my other gift, which is my son. And in that, I could never be mad. I could never be hurt. That joy will never fade me until my eyes close. Then I'll be in heaven. There you go. But the psalmist, when he wrote, oh, I forgot to give the fellas one, didn't I? The new lawnmower, Tyler Woods. <laughs> hey, half an acre yard with a 400 horse tractor. Um, got the. <laughs> I told you, we're going to have fun today. This is a different day. Our pastor's not here. We can have a good time. Got the big tractor in there. Oh, man, it's beautiful. And I've done this myself. It's got the new lawnmower, man. You zipping around the yard. Got your shirt off. Not me. All the other people just having a good time watching you mow your yard. And all of a sudden, you, wah, bow. Man, it's like I just broke a motor. All your joy just left you. All that hype and encouragement that you had through a lawnmower just went out the side of it in the, in the form of a motor. So sometimes, and like, like uh, I was thinking of Matthew when I was thinking about this sermon he put up, he said, where you put your treasures? Is it in that beauty, all the stuff, or is it in heaven? Is it in the heavenly Father? Is it in Christ Jesus? Which one are you putting together for your treasure? I'm going to use yours. But anyway, the psalmist wrote this in Psalms 118, 24. He said, this is a day the Lord hath made. I will what? We'll say it one more time. Rejoice. Rejoice and be glad in it. Even no matter what, no matter what grain we got, no matter if we're cut off from the fold, the flock, it doesn't matter. He's enough. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. So if you will, we're going to try to go through this. Um, this is the only thing I failed on is I didn't put a time on it. Okay, so I have talked in the jail up to two and a half hours, so if y'all want to get started, if y'all turn with me to 2 Chronicles verse 30, these scriptures we're going to use today are just a shadow, a representation of what I mean by joy. We've got other things we're going to put up, pull out of it, but they're just going to be a starting point, just an encouragement, something we can read on our own, because if you read through the book of Chronicles, it does this, good king, bad king, good king, bad king the whole way through it, and you're going, hmm, okay. But I want to lead you through something that I had actually done some studying on in verse 30, and that is Hezekiah, and I guess I better turn there too, huh, if I'm going to read this. Second Chronicles chapter 30, 
we're going to kind of roll through it. So like I said, I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified. Just stay with me and I'll holler the verse out. And understand, when we start into verse 30, verse 1, it's been a long time. It's been 16 years since, since Israel has ever worshipped God. Ahaz, the king before him, um, Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, done evil in the sight of God. He ruled for 16 years. So we know there's been 16 years of no going to church, no worship, no doing anything. You couldn't because they filled the temples full of idols. They done evil in the sight of God. And how amazing it was that even Jotham, Ahaz's father, walked in the Lord. He done what was good. And then one son done what was bad. And then we end up with Hezekiah. And that's where I want to start this portrait at. It's been a long time. It's been tough. We don't know. There's a lot of things that ain't going on that we got to figure out real quick. Hezekiah starts up in verse 1. says, Hezekiah sent word to all Israel and Judah. Also wrote the letters to Ephraim and Manasseh. I think it's how he said to come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem and celebrate the Passover feast to the Lord, the God of Israel. He's calling everybody to him, right? He, he's calling, he's sending these letters out. And they've got runners that are going to send them out. So if you'll move over with me, and I say they're, they're already set a date. They're trying to get everything prepared, get all these things done, lined up, a lot of work to be done. But over here, and let's start in verse 6. So the runners went out throughout Israel and Judah with the letters from the hand of the king for his officials in accordance with the command of the king saying this, O son, sons of Israel, return to the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, Jacob, so that he will return to those who escaped and are left from the hand of the kings of Assyria. Do not be like your fathers and your brothers who were unfaithful to the Lord God of the Father, so that he made them horror just as you see. And this is what got me was verse 8. Now don't be a stiff-necked people like your fathers, but yield to the Lord and come to his sanctuary, which he has sanctified, set apart forever, and serve the Lord your God, so that his burning anger will turn away from you. It's been a long time. That was a quick, drastic letter. So simple. He sends them out. They go out into all the land from Dan to Ephraim. I mean, they're, they're all over running. Some laugh at them. Some mock them. Some throw them out of their town. But as you read from the time of, of Moses and the flood, there's a remnant. God always has himself a remnant. So a remnant came to the, the temple at Jerusalem. A remnant. And that's where I want to pick back up the story. Like I say, there's a lot going on. Lots happening. Uh, 16 years of no worship. So in verse 17, for they were in assembly and had not concentrated themselves. Uh, so the Levites had to slaughter the Passover lambs for everyone who was not clean in order to make them holy for the Lord, for the majority of the people, many from Ephraim and Manasseh, Ascar themselves, yet ate the Passover uh, food to what they were prescribed from Hezekiah. And, and he, what he did, Hezekiah prayed for them. They had eaten the Passover, the lamb, the food, but they weren't clean yet. But Hezekiah prayed. And this is where it really gets interesting. 
In verse 19, because right there at the end of verse uh, eight, uh, 18, it says this, May the good Lord pardon everyone who sets his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers, even though it is not in accordance with the ceremonial purification rules of the sanctuary. For the Lord listened to Hezekiah, healed the people of their uncleanness. The Israelites who were present in Jerusalem celebrated the feast and unclean leavened bread for seven days with great joy. The Levites and the priests praised the Lord after, after day after day, singing to the Lord with loud instruments. Hezekiah spoke encouragingly to the Israelites, the Levites, who showed good understanding of things the Lord. So the people ate for the appointed seven days of the sacrifice and giving thanks to the Lord and their fathers. 23 says this, then the whole assembly decided to celebrate another seven days. And they celebrated another seven days with great joy. And I said, Lord, how do we put this together to make people understand your joy? That's, you know, that's pretty cut and clean. And I got to thinking about, is there joy in the house? And I thought, thought of this building. Is there joy in the house? That's only a question you can answer. Did you bring your joy to this house? Did you walk in here full of joy, knowing that he's enough, that he is God, that you're finna come and worship with brothers and sisters in Christ today in a brick and mortar building to pray for somebody that they may be healed, saved, delivered, set apart? Did we do that? Did we come with that kind of enthusiasm? Did we say, yes, I'm going to church? Or did we say, dang, that dude's preaching. I could have went fishing this morning. Where's our joy? And I thought that's what the Lord was showing me. I said, that feels like you're getting on to somebody. I said, I wouldn't even like that sermon. But sometimes we need to hear it, true? But what he was showing me was Jesus. Even in the book of, of uh, Isaiah, he speaks of Hezekiah. Even in all this, it is a representation of what Jesus did for us on that cross. He came. He shed his blood. He concentrated something that was filthy and dirty, made it clean, done all the slaughtering of the lamb through him own self. He made the way to bring joy to the house, that we may be the temple. We may be purified, set apart, blooded over, that we've been consecrated by a priest that can never end. Our great and high priest, as Hebrew calls it, all the way through it, he is our great and high priest. There's no other. Can we find joy in that this morning? Can we find joy in that tomorrow when everything's going wrong? That's the point I'm getting to. These are the encouragements I look for even when I pull scripture out is that's what Jesus did. It was a lot of work. A lot of miles to cover from one point to the other, sometimes without food and water. We read that where he talks to the woman at the well, true? He says, down, I'm hungry, boys. So he sends them away to get food. They come back and he says, I'm full. I didn't understand that either, but I understand it now. It's enough. His word is enough. I got food you know nothing about. We're good. I got water that you can't stand yet because you don't know nothing about it. But if you'll drink it, I promise you, it'll, it'll hold you. That woman said, give me some of that water. Give me some of that water. And he said, all right, I got you. I got you. But that's just, like I say, it's just some of the things that when I am actually encouraging myself, 
when times are tough is I pull out scriptures like this that are old, that, that, are, that are not say, oh, the Old Testament, but that's the Word of God. That's the Word of God that was spoken in that time that's still just as pliable it is today. And that to me is encouraging to see how things go up and down, up and down through the whole book of Chronicles, both, both sides of it, that there's nothing ever staying flat. There's not all good, there's not all bad, everything changes. So it puts my mind that I've got somebody that changed everything and made it flat. There will be no more good or bad, true? It's all good through the blood of Jesus. And that's the point we wanna know. Is there joy in the house? Because he's the one that paid the joy for the house, just like Hezekiah did. He sent out the runners. That's all the messengers that come to you that day that you didn't want to hear them hollering and screaming about Jesus on the sidewalk. You're like, man, I don't want to hear that noise. That's, that's the youth teacher that come to you and was telling you about Jesus. And all of a sudden you're like, man, I just don't want to hear that. That's the guy on the street corner that hands you five and said, man, let me tell you how much Jesus loves you. There's his runners. There's all his people. He just wants to call you back to the temple. And that's what he wants to put inside of us is that temple. So if we're now the temple of God, what should there be according to this? Joy. They got so full of joy when they got back in the temple, guess what happened? They done it another seven days. Would you rejoice another seven days? That's the only question you can answer right there. But that's what I said is encouraging yourself in this work. It is so, so good. Um, but anyway, moving over to the joy in the word. And this was the most unusual thing that ever happened to me was this verse here. I could not put it together by no means. But anyway, if you'll turn with me to 2 Samuel. We're going to hang out in the Old Testament today. I can feel it. 2 Samuel chapter 6. And everybody ought to know these, these passages here. I thought about everybody saying, raise your hand, but I ain't going to do that. 2 Samuel, chapter 6. Starting in verse 1. Everybody there say amen. It said, again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, about 30,000. And David arose and went to those were uh, with him, went to um, Baal, Judith, to bring back there from the bring back the ark of the ark of God from there. But here's the thing: we've got thirty thousand people headed out, right? Let's do a quick backdrop. Thirty thousand people headed out, going to get the ark. How many of y'all know that the ark was supposed to be carried on poles? Raise your hand. Amen. Everybody knew that. We're gonna find out what happened. There's joy in his word. Anyway, as we come down to verse 3, it said, They placed an ark of God on a new cart. Well, we already know that's a red flag. And brought it out of Abinadad, which was on the hill. And Uzziah and Ahu, the sons of Abinadad, were leading the cart. So they brought, it, brought the cart out uh, of God from the house of Abinadad, which was on the hill. And Ahu was walking in front of the cart. Meanwhile, David and all of Israel... We're celebrating and dancing before the Lord with all kinds of instruments, fur and cypress wood with lyre. And I want to make a quick note. Have anybody ever seen a lyre? 
And this is, I figured Andrew would get a kick out of this one because it's made in the side of a U, these really thick strings where they're all partying and having a good time. And I can see this poor Lear guy with big callous fingers going, just getting down. On, but have you ever heard one? They're beautiful, but they're real softly picked. But I could just see this guy trying to hammer on it, try, <laughs> trying to make his instrument where it would be loud enough. Uh, poor fellow. I had to say that. So anyway, they, they're coming down with this and they're all having a good time. They've got lyre and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. And they came to nation's, nation's threshing floor. Uzziah reached out with his hand to the ark of God and took a hold of it because the oxen had stumbled and nearly overturned. And the anger of the Lord burned against Uzziah and God struck him there with his irreverence and he died there by the ark of, uh, ark of God. David became angry and grieved, offended because the Lord's outburst against Uzziah and that place was called Perez Uzziah. So David was afraid in verse nine of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? David was unwilling to move the ark of the Lord to the city of David within. Instead, he took it to Oban Edom's house. We see a lot, just a quick motion unfold. Let me ask you a question. If you was on a jury and all of a sudden we brought this case before you and I said, is the Lord guilty or not for that man touching that ark? What would you say? He's guilty. It's his word. Because if we look down in Numbers chapter 4, 15 through 19, we find exactly what the Lord said and he meant it. He didn't say if you, it's a good case or if something else happens, you can do this. He said nobody touches the ark but the Levites. That's the only people that could carry the ark of the Lord was the Levites. Somebody had to know this. Why they took the ark up, why they done these things, I, I don't know. I'm still trying to wrestle with that question, which is probably going to be a wrestling question on Wednesday night, is why didn't they carry the poles with them? Why didn't they know what was going on? So in that same instance, I find so many encouragements is number one, his word is true. If he would take a man and his anger burn against him just for touching the ark under good intentions, then that means he's still my God. He still gives me a choice to love him. He gives me a choice to care for him. He gives me a choice to serve him. That's his word. He said, I'm gonna let you do it. His word says, I will always be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. There's thousands of verses we could put behind that one statement. Whatever the Lord speaks to you, I'd say run with it. But his word is so precious and pure and sometimes we miss it and then we get mad at the sight of why did God do this to me? So here's my point. And I heard this from another minister. He said every now and then he puts his wife in a casket. I said, man, that's wild. Do you really? He said, yeah, I know it's going to hurt. He said, but she's not mine. She's God's. And I love her for that. She is God's child. I'm God's child. I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. I can't do that right now. He said, you will one day. He said, it's strengthening yourself to know that his word is pure, that we will go to him one day. 
Jesus says, I go and prepare a place before you. That if I come, if I go there, I'm coming back to get you. Where does his word fall short? If something bad happens in your life, where did his word go wrong? We're going to read that at the end on that part. But I want to encourage you just because it's going bad, his word's true. He's still there. He's still holding on. But you got to go somewhere first. Maybe you've put something on a new cart that you should have done something different with. Maybe there's another way you need to look at this. Because I promise you, the one thing that broke me down in my life and made me understand that Jesus was alive and well is I took me out of the way. It's got nothing to do with me. This message, this day, or anything else, I'm just here for his pure enjoyment. And when we get that mindset that we have the same joy that he has for us each and every day, that he looks over us, isn't it encouraging to know our father today is sitting there going, yes. My children are praising my name. Yes, my children are lifted up. I got a brother finna come to see me. I got one finna turn to me. Isn't that amazing? Should bring just joy to our heart that his word will not fail us. That if you will call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Amen. And so I got to looking a little deeper. And I want to read this to us because I was coming back and uh, Tasha, wanted, she drove me a little ways home. But this verse fell on me so hard because it just brought to life everything that this description of what David just placed on us. That he was mad because these things happened. Uzziah got zapped. God took it out. Wham, gone. Isaiah's, I mean, Uzziah's down. Out of here. And that's bad. His buddy's gone. But his word is true, and his word is alive. So I want to show you one more little place in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 20. You don't have to turn, but if you want to, uh, we'll give it just a second. Luke chapter 10, verse 17, is this verse has always resonated in my heart, especially in jail ministry, because this is dealing with all those that went out. Now they're coming back. And it starts in 17, it says this, the 70 returned with joy saying, check this out, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. In your name, they're subject to us. In verse 18, he said to them, I to, this is what Jesus said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of light. 19, he said, listen carefully, I have given you authority that all you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all powers of the enemy, Satan, and nothing will in any way harm you. Nevertheless, and hold on to this, nevertheless, do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your name is written in heaven or the Lamb's book of life. Don't know which version you got. Isn't that amazing? No matter what, we, sometimes we get so puffed up in who we are and what we are, we forget, number one, he's enough, and we also forget his word. That's why I said when the Lord was dealing with me, it's because I was lazy. I wasn't spending time with him. And I repented. You can ask my wife. Two days before that day, I repented. I said, Lord, I'm just not spending enough time with you. And he said, you're right. And that conviction fell on me that I wasn't. 
Now I am. Now I got my joy back. Sometimes she hears too much of that joy, but that's okay. But rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If nothing else, anybody ever told you, would that be enough? That your name is sealed with Christ Jesus. That you're going to heaven. That nothing can take you away. It's not the authority. It's that your name is sealed with it. He said rejoice in that. Isn't that enough? Isn't he enough? So this last part, this is the last encouragement. Um, Tasha's actually preached this one because this is what me and her talked about. But I want to read this last part right here out of Deuteronomy, actually chapter 31. No, it's chapter 30. 30 starting at 15. And this is what God was instructing Moses to tell the Israelites before they crossed over. In verse 15 it says this, listen closely, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. In that I command you today to walk in love, the love of your God, to walk in, the, in this, live each day, every day, in his ways, keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, his precepts, so that all you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you are now entering and possess. In 17 it says, but your hearts turn away, you will not hear or obey, but you are drawn away from his worship at other gods and serve them. And number 18 says, I declare, to you today that you will certainly perish. You will not live long in the land which you have crossed the Jordan to enter for his possession, his, your possessions. 19, I will call heaven and earth as a witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore you shall choose life in order that you may live in your, all your descendants. And the last one is verse 20. By loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by holding closely to him, he is your life, your good life, your abundant life, your fulfillment, and the length of your days that, they, that you will live in the land which the Lord promised to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isn't that amazing? You know what Jesus said? That's the first thing he said when they said, which is the most important? He said to love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, body, and strength, everything. Love him with all that you have because he's enough. I'll make this real quick. I know time's getting close. But Tasha, we were talking. She said, what's your talk on? I said, I'm full of joy. I don't know what else to talk about. I, don't, I ain't really figured out how to put it together. And she said, yeah, I know what you're saying. She said, but you know, it reminds me of something. And it's the same thing that Deuteronomy talks about. He set before you these things each and every day, life and death, good and bad, good and evil. And she said, you know, as soon as we leave here today at one o'clock, we're heading to Florida. We're leaving. But nobody knows how many months she has set and planned. We've got an, uh, uh, a, what do you call it, a vacation room. Everything is laid out. Each individual, the, from the, the tie things you wear around your neck with your badge, to fans, backpacks, 
I'm going to look like the little boy phony Roy stepped off the plane. Y'all hear me? I'll testify. I'm going to look something. But the socks and all, you know, the big tall socks. But she has everything. And she said, you know, it reminds me so much how much I've planned and, and, and just, just happily planned and rejoiced and reservations and times and done all these particulars so that we're going to have a good time. But she said, you know, enjoy. I've done all these things. But she said, you know what it reminds me of? The joy of the journey. Your life. We've never been to Florida. I've never seen the Atlantic Ocean. I've never seen Universal Studios. Don't know nothing about them. Never touched them. Only heard tales. In heaven, we've never seen it either. We've got the whole story. We know what it looks like. We've heard the stories. We've even heard testimony of people said they've been there. But we've never been ourselves. What a journey we're on. What, what, a, what a ride that we are actually going to. And it reminded me to put things in order and place, treasures in heaven, to put things in place in our own life. Because this is a journey. It's good and bad. It's ups and downs. It's all these things. It's all the emotions. But man, isn't it good? When the Lord said in Genesis, separated the light and the dark, what did he say? It's good. This day is good. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Isn't that something? What a joy, what a blessing. And every time I say this, y'all are my joy because you are my family. Like I said, I left my family to come to my family. Jesus says, where are my mothers and brothers and sisters? I say the same thing. You are my mothers and my brothers and my sisters. You are my family. You are my journey. And each one of you this in this journey, and like I said, we're going to make it together. Every time we leave, Pastor Stephen always says, go in peace and unity together, right? I believe that. The journey's long, but it's good. It's fun. And if you will start just kind of encouraging yourself, like I said, hundreds of scriptures, hundreds of scriptures, just keep coming at you. Just keep reveling in them because you hadn't seen heaven yet. You hadn't tasted it. You hadn't felt it. But you know that's where you're going. I know I'm going to Florida. I'm not there yet. But I'm excited. Y'all hear me? I'm going to go eat. Good. <laughs> Y'all know that's right. But it's just like, just like the Lord commanded Moses in that, in that time when they were fitting a crossover. These things I give to you. These things are going to happen. I'm sorry. But you're going to a better place. And I know that we are too. So, as we started with a song, Jaira, and I was wondering if anybody had seen at the bottom of, of Habakkuk 3, anybody see what that said? It said, to the choir master. I never knew that was a song. Isn't that amazing? So, as we, Andrew, if you want to come up and we're going to close this all out. And uh, I've enjoyed each minute of it. We started with a song. I want to end with a song. And, um, you know, as, as we were coming this morning, I just started singing it to myself. Uh, um, and now I forgot the words. I wish I wrote it down. But um, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. And when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, what a wonderful day 
that will be. I'm going to read Romans 15, just the last part of it, because this is the only place I found where Paul says, the Lord will give you joy. I want to bless us with that. We're going to pray, and then we'll get through. Andrew dismisses. Chapter 15, uh, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 15, verse 13 says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experiences of your faith. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be abound in hope and overflowing with confidence. And listen to the last word of his promises. He's enough. His word's enough. Let there be joy in the house because there is joy in the journey. Amen. Let's go to the Lord real quick. Father, we thank you for this day. A day, Lord, that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it because of who you are and what you are, not what you can do, Lord. But we know that you are abundantly powerful to do everything that you say you can do, Lord. Father, we thank you for each and every opportunity, Lord, as we wake up, as we go to bed. Father, to stay in your grace and mercy, to give thanks for our Lord Jesus Christ, to pray for one another as Hezekiah prayed for the people. That, Lord, we know you hear because it says that you heard his prayer and you answered his prayer. You cleansed the people. And, Father, as we go this week, Father, let us pray for somebody. Let's find somebody that's hurt and downcast or lost. Somebody that's dirty that needs that blood of Jesus on them. Let us pray for them. Let us preach to them. Let us minister the joy of hope and happiness that we have found in our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we definitely pray today for our pastor as he's gone. We pray for a safe return. We pray for a good, easy day. We pray when he gets home this evening, the joy of the Lord will be upon him, that he will rejoice with his family of a good day that he had. And Lord, each and every person that's away from us, Father, we just pray for them that they have safe return, that the healing power of God be over them for all those who are sick. For all those who are hurting and helpless, Father, we just pray that the anointing fall upon them, Father, as you see fit. But as we go forth through this week, let us go with the love that Jesus told us in our hearts for each other, one another, that we are the sheep of your pastor. And he says, I, you will, they will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love each other. So, Father, we thank you for each and everything. We thank you for each and every person, Lord. We thank you for this building that you put us in, Lord. What a blessing. What a blessing of the Lord. Father, we thank you and we love you. We lift up your name, Father. We lift up the name of Jesus above all names. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.